that your word is the forever settled word of God. Your word never changes. You never change. Lord, I thank you that you're always the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Lord, I pray over those that are here and those that are watching and listening online. Give us ears to hear what you'd have us to hear today. Lord, have us, uh, give us eyes to see something in your word today that maybe we haven't seen before. Lord, give us open hearts to receive this word today. Lord, we commit right now at the beginning not just to be hearers, but we are going to be doers of your word. So, Father, I ask you to give me boldness, as I always do. Give me boldness to declare your word with power and authority, with accuracy and integrity. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Hey, we've been in a great series, and today's our final session for a series we've been calling Faith Foundations. Would you say that with me? Faith Foundations. Oh, man, you guys came to church today. First service, it took them a couple times. Faith Foundations. We've been talking about the importance of having foundations in our life. You know, in seasons that we find ourselves in, uh, with all the craziness going on around us, we have to remind ourselves we are supernatural beings. This isn't our home we only passing through, but we have to fix our foundation on something that may not be able to be seen by everybody else. It's the sure promises of God's word in our life. And in week one, we talked about the importance of the first building block is hearing God's word. Everybody say hearing. hearing. Turn it up. Yeah, we got to hear God's word. The Bible says in Romans 10 that, that faith comes... Oh, by hearing. By hearing what? By, by hearing God's word. You can't have a foundation for faith if there's no faith in you. And we talked a lot about this, and I want to emphasize this. It's important that we set disciplines in our life to hear God's word, not one time, not just for one week, not just for one month, but this is the way that we live. We live with the word going in our ears and our eyes. Why? So that our faith is continually being built talked about the importance of filling up your gas tanks. So you can get where you're going. You didn't buy that car and just fill it up one time. It'd get you for about six days, and then you'd be late for work. And it's like, man, I, I bought the car. I thought I'd always stay filled with gas. No, you've got to stop every week and fill it up. And that's what I believe happens when we put God's word in our ears. We're filling ourselves full of faith. And then what happens when, when we see, when, when faith comes in our ears, we begin to see on the inside, something different than what we see on the outside. We talked about this for a few minutes. We talked about uh, faith creates an image of God's promises on the inside, even though it looks like something else is going on, on the outside. So faith comes, and then it creates a picture. But it doesn't stop there. Once it creates that picture, we have a responsibility to activate that faith or to release that faith through our, through our words. I like what Mark Hankins says. He says, you've got to hook your believer up to your speaker. I love Claudio, our guitar player. I love the solo, but we only enjoyed it because he hooked it up to the speaker. Listen, the activation of your faith is released through the words of your mouth. You can't stop with just, oh, I see it. I see it. No, no, no. Now tell us what you see. Tell us what the word says and begin to declare it. That's where faith is activated. And then we talked about once you've activated your faith, you begin to walk it out. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to walk it out, man. I told you about my friend Mike. He said, don't just talk about it, be about it. 
We could talk all day until we're blue in the face and we can encourage each other and then just go back and sit down. No, no, no. Faith is released, which causes us to act on what we believe that we've seen in our heart. Actions of faith are steps towards the miracles that God has placed in our life. And today I want to wrap this up and put a bow on this series. And I want to talk a little bit about what do we do when you've heard the word and faith came. But what do we do when, when you see it and you've spoken it and you've even acted on it, but nothing seems to change? Well, Pastor, I've been praying and I've been, I've been saying and I've been walking, but it's not happening. It's not changing. And the situation still is there. What do I do when we have to wait a little bit longer? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 is a great encouraging scripture. He says, finally. Everybody say, finally. finally. Like when I hear finally, that means like we're close. Oh, we, we've done the work. Now, now, finally, it's here. Like, do you count down till vacation? We count down till vacation. And then when that day when it's finally here, we have to still pack our bags and go get on that plane. He's saying, finally. Everybody say, finally. After you've done all this, after you've done the steps, be strong in the Lord and in your own power. Oh, that's not what it says? Oh, it says, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on. Everybody say, put it on. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, if I say therefore, therefore, then you need to put on the full armor of God. Why do I need to put it on? So, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground... And after having done everything to stand, stand firm then. So what do I do when I can't see it on the outside, but I see it on the inside? You keep on standing. Well, I, I've been talking it and talking it, Pastor, and it just doesn't seem like it's happening. Keep on speaking. Keep on speaking. Keep on believing. Keep on walking it out and keep on standing firm. What do we do when our prayers don't get answered? We stand firm. A few weeks ago, we looked at Hebrews chapter 12, and we find the, the great hall of faith of these, these men and women who believe God, and yet they never received the promise. Let me ask you this. What will you do when the promise hasn't shown up? Do you go back and say, well, maybe it didn't work. Maybe I didn't do it right. No, no, no. I want to encourage you today and exhort you with everything that's in me. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. In the life of faith, there's no room for compromise. If you say, well, I'll try this, and if it doesn't work, I can always use plan B. Let me tell you something. That is not faith. Faith has no plan B. Faith says it's all or nothing. It's sink or swim. I'm, I'm putting all my cards in, all the chips in. I believe God with every fiber of my being. He said he would do it. I believe he's the God of a miracle. He's going to do it. There's no plan B. Well, what happens if, if it doesn't show up and plan A fails? No, it doesn't fail if I don't quit. It doesn't fail if I don't quit. It's still in action. It's still in process. I meet so many people who give up the day before the miracle was going to show up. 
Because I've been waiting so long, and, and by this time it should have happened. Listen, you're not God. Listen, we're in partnership with the creator of time. On his timing, when we partner with him, guess what? It says if we don't faint and if we don't grow weary, what happens? We will reap in due season. You must be determined to win. When you say, I'll try this, you're telling the devil there's a 50-50 chance. Don't try it, do it. Let me give you three scriptures that I want to ask you to write down, put them on your mirror, put them in your car, put them in your phone. These are three scriptures that are going to help you stand firm in the day of adversity. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 is the first one. It says, be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong. Be on guard. That means be alert, be be of attention. Pay attention, God's doing something. Philippians 4.1 is the second one. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, I love you and I long for you. He said, but stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Stand firm. Say it with me. Stand. Stand firm. Galatians 5.1 is the third one that is the, another anchor for you this week. Galatians 5.1. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Then do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. I was thinking about how long do you have to wait before these things happen? The truth is, is we wait until he makes it happen. We stand firm until he makes his plan for your life. Guess what? By the way, I just remind you, it's his plan, not your plan. Sometimes I want to tell him, hey, I had these dreams and hopes. And he's like, yeah, dummy, I'm the one that gave them to you. (laughs) And I try to remind him that I need this to happen in this moment. He said, hold on, I know something you don't know. You only see in this sliver of time. I'm working with all of time. And I want to remind you, when you stand firm, you're releasing back to him. Lord, you know, because you created this. You gave this. You put this in me. We're letting him know he's in charge. It was 12 to 13 years after Joseph was sold into slavery by his own family before he ruled in Potiphar's house. It was another nine years after becoming the head of Potiphar's house before he saw his family who sold him out. You can wait a little bit longer. How do we wait a little bit longer? We stand firm in the promise that was given to us just like Joseph did. How did he do it? He did it with excellence. Some of us wait, but we grumbling. Oh, I'll wait, but I don't want to, and this, this sucks. <laughs> Forgive me, Pastor Verna, I'm sorry. I... But that's how some of y'all talk. We, 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 we grudgingly wait. I'm going to say this. That's not faith. Faith has expectation. It wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to do it right today because this may be the day my miracle shows up. And yeah, I hate that job, and I don't really want to be here, but because this is what you've given me, I'm going to do it with joy. It was 75 years of Abraham's life before God promised him. Man, at 75, God said, I'm going to give you a son. And from there, the blessings are going to flow. Guess what? It was 25 years in the waiting. He was 100, folks. His wife was 90. I'm going to say this to you. You got plenty of time. (laughs) I said, you got plenty of time. 
The truth is, is God's promise is on his timing. The third story is David, the young, the young boy that was in the field. It was 22 years after Samuel anointed him as the next king of Israel before he took his reign. What did he do? He kept his heart right. He kept the picture on the inside. He kept his mouth right. And he continued to walk it out and pay attention and do with what he was given at that moment. He who's been given little shall be ruler over much. Well, I want some more. We'll be faithful in the waiting on the more and God will bring it on. Listen to this. The question always comes up. How long do you have to wait, pastor? How long do I have to stand? And the answer is you stand until you win. You stand until you win. Well, how do I know when I've won? You'll know you've won when you're holding that thing you've been believing for. Many people don't know how to stand because they've been programmed by the world system to be quitters. Society right now says do what you love as long as it makes you feel good. And if it's uncomfortable, then go find something else to do. The world says when things get rough, Just quit, man. You can find another job. You can find another marriage. You can do this. You can do that. Listen, the world is full of quitters, but the Bible says when things get tough, we stand in our authority, in our God-ordained position, that we find the promises of God's Word in our heart. I like the way that the J.B. Phillips translation speaks in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. It says, when you have fought to the point of a standstill, still stand your ground. What's a standstill? A standstill happens when two opposing forces refuse to move. When you reach a standstill with Satan, one of you will have to compromise and give in. Make sure you're not the one that gives in. I'm going to say this to you. If you refuse to quit, he by nature is a compromiser and a quitter. He left the kingdom of heaven to go do his own thing. He compromised his authority and quit on his own calling. Let me say it to you the way Mark Hankin says it. Have no quitting sense. Have no quitting sense. Get this indignation in your heart. I refuse to quit because I know I can outlast the devil. I said, I can outlast the devil. He's going to get tired. He's going to get weary and said, I've been trying to push them off. But man, they're standing on this foundation. They're unmovable. Guess what? He'll find somebody else to go talk nonsense and talk trash to. Stand your ground. Determine you have no quitting sense. Keep standing. Keep quenching the fiery darts with the shield of faith. If Satan can't get to you with his attacks, what does he do next? He begins to pressure you with people who don't know anything about standing. And actually, it usually happens with people that you know and love and respect. How many times have we heard this story where people were at the edge of a miracle and they were standing and standing and then somebody came and said, Hey, I think you're crazy. You need to stop all that nonsense. It's been three years already. And they listen to somebody that their experience is different than theirs and they lose the miracle because of someone else's influence. What are they trying to do? They're trying to pressure you into taking a step back off of that foundation you built. I want to remind you of where we started this series. Pressure doesn't make us or break us. It simply reveals the integrity of our foundations. 
when you've done all to stand and he knows he can't move you, he'll start moving somebody else around you to pressure you in to coming off the position of faith that you've declared and that you've walked out in your own life. And I want to tell you as your pastor, don't let anybody talk you out of your promise. Don't let anybody talk you out of your miracle. Don't let anybody talk you out of of what God has for your life. Don't allow anybody to move you off the foundation of God's word being true. So many people right now are moved because of what everybody else is doing. And I believe this. I believe that God is calling us as a church, not little C, but big C, the global church, He's calling families and individuals to take a stand right now like never before to be an example to others that he is who he said he would be and that he'll do what he said he will do. The miracle on the other side of what you're believing for isn't so much about what you need or what you believe it for. It should be a testimony to those around us. In dark times, light is still shining through the glorious church. Today I want to share with you an amazing story of an amazing family right here at IFC that took God at his word and they stood and they stood and they stood. Check out this video. We met each other at International Family Church. Jamie was a student at Berkeley School of Music and I had just graduated or Roberts University, just came home. Dated for about five years after we met each other. Not long after we got engaged, right when we started making plans for our wedding, Jamie lost his job. Between the job situation and you know preparing for a wedding, it was definitely pretty stressful. So we got married. I'm you know, I'm working two jobs. I'm actually working two full-time jobs, so I'm working almost 70 hours a week. He's gigging when he can, because he's a musician, which doesn't bring in steady income. So we really started off our first years of marriage kind of rocky. And then like nine months into marriage, we find out we're pregnant. Also, with the added pressure that I had just started nursing school, with the hopes that I would be able to graduate in two years. So we had that schooling we were paying for out of pocket. We had our two loans we were paying, plus our bills. We got to a point where just like, we can't, we can't do this, this isn't working. After talking with my parents, they said, we really believe that you guys need to get to a better place and really move towards getting out of debt. So uh, we moved in with my parents. Two years after getting married. Mm-hmm. I finished my classes and trying to now to get into um, the clinical part of, you know, nursing program, and I know I have another baby. And so um, that puts a little an extra added stress to the mix in financial burden. And then a few years later, find out we're pregnant again. Surprise! It's twins. That was at the point where we thought we were going to move, and then we realized, okay, we now went from a family of three to a family of six. We wanted to move, but now we knew what we really needed. We definitely couldn't afford. Altogether, we were at my parents for about seven years. We went to Financial Peace University at IFC, and that really allowed us to help know how to pay off our debt. So now we were finally in a position where we could um, move out of my parents' house. I was actually working at the church still working nights at the hospital, and then we still had these four little kids who weren't all quite in school yet. 
So shortly after, after that, I uh, was given opportunity to come on full-time at the church. It was 2018, beginning of 2018. We started looking for, for a place. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. I remember coming across online um, something that was in the town that we lived in. Ideally, that's what we wanted, but we knew the town that we lived in was not affordable. I mean, we could afford half the price of what their baseline was for starting um, prices for homes. We've always said, you know, God has what we need. It's not hidden from us, but it's hidden for us. This place for renting popped up and this place popped up again. And I just thought like, man, this place keeps popping up. It seems like it's a great price. I know we weren't talking about renting. Four bedrooms, um, one, you know, one, one and a half bathrooms, but um, it was amazing um, that that place was available and that we could move in in just about a week. We knew that God was greater and that when we stepped into this, there was something on the other side that God was gonna do something even through all of that. We moved in, but that wasn't it. Mm -hmm. Have a holy, jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know. We doubled down on, on our confession, on our faith, and what we were believing God for. All the while in my head, my head is fighting me thinking, you guys can't afford this town. And I remember saying and calling out to God and be like, we have our home. We have a home here in this very town. We really was like, God's going to do something. God's going to do something. We know God's going to do something. Just thinks a little bit of excitement. Less than a week into prayer and fasting and get a phone call from my sister. And she's like, hey, I um, found this place. Um, in the town that you guys live in that you might be interested in. She was like, you know, it's through um, actual affordable housing. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, we don't technically qualify for affordable housing. She's like, this is a totally different opportunity. Look, here's a lady's number, give her a call. We literally made for that past tax year, $1,000 under what the max was. One of the kickers was is that we had two weeks to get all of our paperwork done. And it just so happens that, that the bank that's working with this program is our bank that I've banked with since I was a kid. So within 24 hours, the paperwork gets approved. Um, so then the next step was, okay, now the state has to approve it. Literally 48 hours, she calls back, I've never seen this before. Your paperwork got approved. And we knew this time, we're like, okay, okay. We, we're seeing God working, we're seeing God working. In order to get the house, whoever applies for this housing, um, it actually comes down to a housing lottery. And in the housing lottery, in order for you to get the home, they literally had to pull your name out of a hat. Because of COVID, we had to do it through Zoom. So you're literally watching this conference Zoom call. How many is it, like almost 20 people? She said 29. Oh. You know, you start to have like your th you're fighting your, your thoughts and you start to have your doubts. You think I've been standing and I'm believing. But at the other side, um, I, I, what rises up in me is what I've been confessing. I was like, come on, angels. I go, do your job. Go out and get us our house. As literally, as soon as I said that, the lady puts her, her hand in the hat. She pulls out, she says, Jones, and puts it up on the wall. <gasps> 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 
to this day am in awe about what had happened. So at this point, we thought this is nothing but God for us to be able to get this home. Thank you, Jesus. I can't believe you picked our name. <laughs> <laughs> Won't he do it? No, he had already did it. He already did it. No. We just received it. No, we did. Out of 29 people. 15, 16. <sighs> we didn't, we didn't waver in our faith. Nope. Not even after the first presentation. 28? He did it. God did it. 17. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everything that we went through, you know, between the kids and finances and jobs, never wavered in what we were believing for and where. It, it just, it made all the time spent, all all of the long hours, sometimes sleepless nights. The sacrifices the that sacri we made. The sacrifices made. made it all worth it. Yeah. I would, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change the thing. I wouldn't change the thing. We went through the range of emotions. Yeah. And um, well, it's because we had believed God for like seven years. And there's a point where you feel like that you're being looked over, like you see everybody else walk into their blessing. And you just think like, God, where are you at? Like, like, why aren't you listening? What is it that we're doing wrong? We feel like we're doing everything in the natural and you feel like you're waiting, but you know, you don't see anything happen. So to, to get to that moment where you finally see it come to fruition, it's just like, okay, God, like you heard me, like, everything we've been standing for, everything we're believing for, like we started to actually see it come to pass. So <laughs> it was, I still, I stand in awe. I stand in awe every day. Yeah. We just got our check for closing. It's closing day. Yay. There's a scripture that says, God is going to do exceedingly above all you could ask, think or imagine. That is literally what we saw come to fruition. The homes in this area starts at 1.2 million. Because of the housing opportunity we had that was provided, we were only paying a total of... Two, 285. 285 for the home. You're vlogging! <laughs> it's move day! Woo! Woo we just left the apartment, duplex. Um, we are headed to the new place right now. The movers are in two trucks right in front of me. We were literally paying half of what we were paying for rent. In the same town that we live in, we're paying half is what we're paying for our mortgage, which includes the HOA fees and includes our housing tax. All God. Mm -hmm. It was all God. It's over twice the amount of space mm -hmm. that we had before. Uh, in the rental unit. 
For us, having a home was not just about attaining something really big. We both lead large teams, and so part of that was we want a place where we could have our teams over and minister and have life groups. Just to see God was listening and he heard us and he heard our cry, but he did everything down to the detail and then some. And then some, it just, it blows my mind. It yeah. does, it blows my mind. That's almost 10 years of believing God for a home. Um, every single moment of it was worth it. You know, and you get to a point where you have to settle in your heart there's nothing that I can do more in the natural, but just trust God and be patient in the waiting process. Faith, it sees, it acts, but then you gotta keep that faith. You gotta, you gotta maintain that faith and you gotta stand and be patient and wait for the very thing that's coming to you. There's not a day that goes by when I think about the neighborhood we live in, I mean, these were neighborhoods I'd driven that said, I would love to live here. There's not a day go by where we drive into this area and think, oh my gosh, we have a home here. That we don't thank God. Every day we make sure we take a moment to thank God for the blessing that he gave us. Yeah. We don't take it for granted, not at all. Faith, <clears throat> it's believing God's word is true, no matter what any other information source may reveal. Your head may give you fits, but your heart, when you're in faith, it's established. Stephanie leaned over to me and she said, faith records the miracle. Thank you for believing God enough and trusting him for your family enough to record it so we get to share in the blessing thank you something wild you can stay standing we'll close in here in just a minute pastor jonathan five years ago to this day we preached a message pastor jonathan finished a message called the full cycle of faith and it was basically an essence of what we just taught for the last four weeks and five years ago today we showed a different video but it was from the same family of jamie and erica and the miracle that god did with their twins i don't find that as a coincidence I don't find it as a coincidence that five years ago, we're still telling stories of God's faithfulness in this amazing family. I must say this to you, God's no respecter of persons. 
I said, he's no respecter of persons. Whatever you need, he's in. Whatever you have need of, whatever you found the promise for, hold on to it and don't let go. Stand your ground. Take your place. I pray that today your faith is encouraged, that your faith is stirred. And for some of you that have let go of a dream because it got off your timetable, I pray that you pick it back up today and get back in the Word and take a stand and declare what belongs to you. I can't think of a better way to close the service out than sealing this series with a song. And again, to me, it's not about the lyrics today. It's about you consecrating your heart to saying, Lord, I believe you. I believe your word is true, and today I make a stand. I continue to stand in the promises that I found in your word. I'm going to ask you, would you just close your eyes with us, and we're going to sing this together. Come on, worship team. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaking, I've never been more glad than I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would He fail now? He won't. joy in chaos I've got peace that makes no sense I won't be going under I'm not held by my own strength cause I feel my life on Jesus He's never let me down He's faithful Yeah.
which I stand when everything around me shaking. doesn't just happen one time this is a series that we listen to and we listen to and we feed our faith and we feed our faith and we feed our faith I want to say this you don't have to figure it all out this may be overwhelming for some all you got to do is take your next step I said you just got to take your next step maybe you're new to faith you're new to all this that I would encourage you listen to the word of God more than you have and allow faith to be built on the inside of you and maybe you've been doing that and you're, you're ready for step two, man. I want to tell you, speak what you see on the inside. Boldly declare the purposes and plans that you see from hearing His Word. And there's others you say, man, I've been saying it, I've been saying it, I've been saying it. But, but now your step, your next step is to take a step. A physical step, a natural walk with the Lord. Do something in the natural that seems crazy. For those of you that are at step four, you say, what do I do next? You continue to stand. You stand until you win. I pray that this message lit a fire in you concerning whatever need you have. With the foundation of God's word, nothing is impossible to him that believes. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to take just a moment before we close. The greatest step of faith you can take is putting your trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. With everything shaking around us, with everything in society being unsettled, there's no greater time than to make sure that you are building a life on the sure foundation in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says all who call out on the name of the Lord, all who re release their faith through their words shall be saved. If you're here in the auditorium today or you're watching us online, I want to give you that opportunity right now in this moment. Sure up your foundation by receiving Jesus Christ. On the count of three, if that's you, you say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me if you're watching online in just a moment. Let them know right there in the chat box. Say, pray for me. I want Jesus all across the room today, on the count of three, if you need Jesus, just put your hand up and put it right back down. One, two, three. Right here on the front. Yes, sir. Right there. Yes, sir. I see you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, yes. 
wave it at me. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I need you. Yes, ma'am. I see you in the back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, tons of people making decisions today. Anybody else want to join them? Just, just put your hand up right where you are. Wave it at me. Say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I won't embarrass you. I simply want to pray for you and let you know, man, today's your day. Things may seem shaky, but after today, it's going to be the perfect peace of God ruling and reigning in your life. Anybody else, you say, Pastor, pray for me. Include me in that prayer. I need Jesus. Oh, man, all across this room, look at me, joining us online. Can we pray with these brothers and sisters that are joining the family of God today? Out of your heart, right where you stand, say this, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I declare with my mouth that I believe you sent Jesus to this earth to lead the example, to be my example to die on a cross to pay for my sins and I believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit you raised him from the dead so that I could be reconnected with you and have eternal life so today I declare Jesus you're my foundation in Jesus name Amen come on make some noise for everybody that gave their heart to the Lord today